Hello and welcome to episode 281 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, and we finally have Jacob back on the podcast, the triumphant return after six episodes missed almost an entire month of Blue Jays baseball without you, Jacob. But you come back, and it's a good series to come back on. The Blue Jays win after a little skid. Um, things start aren't totally kosher yet. They're still in the wilderness a little bit, but this series was a step in the right direction. Jacob, how are you? It is good to be back. A little bit of a soul for a soul going on here. Bryson had to uh, miss today's episode, but... Yeah, I mean, over my absence, the team's kind of not played that well, so maybe I'm the the good luck charm. I mean, let's hope, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was overall, like, if you're looking for positives, I think that this series was a bit of a positive, and then you look at what they have, I guess, going into the All-Star break. Uh, I say going into the All-Star break, but I mean, like, the next four series, um, it, it's pretty even. I think that they have good opponents, uh, some bad opponents, especially towards the end of it, but... If you're looking at, uh, you know, they had a, a very poor month of May, a little bit of a better month of June, but if you're looking to finish off that first half of the season on a, on a strong note, I think that they definitely have uh, at least kickstarted that, and hopefully it continues into the end of the month. Yeah, make no mistake, the struggles are still there. I mean, winning a 2-0 game is pretty much the exact same thing we've been talking about for weeks now in terms of the offense not being there and the pitching having to carry and them basically winning games they have no business winning in a 2 two to zero win and then of course you start off the series with an 11 and zero blowout at the hands of the Marlins and that's something that is very far from an ideal team so really you're talking about one game where the Blue Jays actually look good or where they look like a fully functioning organization and that's a series finale when they come away with a 6-3 win but even that it did get a little dicey there at the end with Jordan Romano and it's still not kind of that picture perfect win that you would like to see from the Blue Jays so there's still a lot of areas for improvement but bottom line like the fact that they win a series after the stretch that they've been on and the fact that it comes against the Miami Marlins who have been hot lately and been a good team this year is especially encouraging. Um, Jacob, you haven't been here for six episodes, so I think you should take it away with whatever's on your mind with the Jays right now. Let's do a little Jacob check-in and see where you're at, what topic you want to start off with. Well, I don't want to sound negative, but I think... Go for it. I mean, this team has sucked in your absence. Yeah, so. that's what I mean. I think the problem here is the, the, I've been watching the games. It's not like I've just been you know, completely under a rock. I've been paying attention and, and keeping track of what's going on. And unfortunately, I th- this team is not performing anywhere close to expectations. And you look at what they did last season. You look at what they did the season before, before that. They were good. This season, they've had flashes of being good. But this team is just not performing the way it needs to be. Like... You know, I hate to say it, but you know, Chris Bassett, Yusei Kikuchi, uh, have had their moments where they've not been great. Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s not had an, a legitimate home run since uh, what did I say, May the fourth, just since or just before we started recording. He he's not been terrible, but he's not what you expected. Like you expect him to be a power hitter, not just a guy that gets on base. And even if he's going to be hitting two eighty or whatever uh, around that his average is right now, like you expect him to be doing that plus. 9, 10, you know, 15-ish home runs at this point. Even Matt Chapman, like, you look at, he had a, a better series, he had the home run in the double in the, the series finale, but hot, hot month of April cooled off in June, and I think the biggest issue that I have with this is this team, the core that they have is the core that they're going to win with. Like, I, you know, I was listening to Blair and Barker after the game, they were talking about how, like, well, what big trade could wake up the Blue Jays, and they pretty much said nothing. Like, you're not going to wake this team up by going and getting 
a uh, a starter. I didn't even mention Alec Manoa when I said the players that were underperforming. Like, but getting a starter is not going to cause you to uh, to just. It's not like it's going to be a David Price moment where you get a starter and then the team is automatically a lot better, or it's rejuvenated, or you go get a hitter or a you know a Gold Glove caliber defender. This core that they have is the core that they're going to win with, and unfortunately, that core is just kind of underperforming really all month and I know it was tough they did have quite a few good opponents um throughout May you know I mean Red Sox have been a lot better even the you know the Pirates the Braves Tampa Bay's obviously been fantastic and then throughout June Houston uh the Mets kind of an underperforming season but Baltimore's been really good uh Texas you know Miami they're all good teams like so yes they're playing good teams so you can argue that yeah okay well fair enough you're not always going to beat the best teams but that being said, if the if the expectation is to win the World Series or to make a deep run in the playoffs, you need to be a good team against every other team. And unfortunately, this this season just has not been like that. And it's tough. I mean, we have thankfully there are a few players that are looking like they're going to come back, like Ryu and Chad Green and, and things like that. But I'm a little bit more concerned about this team than I think a lot of people are. And I mean, I know we've seen people like Tim and friends put on Twitter, like, oh, is it time to hit the panic button? And like 80% of their respondents said yes. And then they go out and they win two to nothing or win two straight uh, after they do that. Baseball is a weird sport uh, like that. But I think that if you're looking at this team as a whole, unless this current group collectively plays a lot better, this might be a little bit of a disappointing season for a lot of people because it's not like you go out and you make a big trade and your team is just rejuvenated. And I know I've kind of just rambled on about everything to do with this team, but I mean, hey, over the last, whatever it's been, three, four weeks, the team has not looked that great. Like, yeah, they've had wins. Like, even today they did they did win and the day before that they won, but could have gone either way. And then that's the unfortunate part is if you're if you with a team that should be elite are barely winning coin flip type games... I think that that says something, and I'm not saying that I would take back the Tay Oscar trade and, and keep him instead of our show or something like that. And I, I'll get that out, you know off my chest now. Heck no. I'm sorry, Tay Oscar, your defense is abysmal. Dalton Varsho is a lot better. He fits their needs better. Uh, but anyways, like the team that is that is built here, it needs to I think play a lot better. And if they don't, it's going to be a just just not fun. I think end of the season and think part of that might be because you know you look at the Orioles they're playing a lot better I thought they'd be a good team this season but they're playing a lot better than I think a lot of us expected to even if we think that they were going to be close to playoff caliber they're still playing above that the Rays Yankees have like kind of been they've been a, a weird team all season but this Blue Jays team is I think it's they're they're floating right now. They're not necessarily swimming or, or doing anything that we've really expected them to but they're just barely getting by and that's the unfortunate thing because, like, like I've said, this isn't a team where a trade is going to rejuvenate them or, or all of a sudden make them better. They just need to play better. And until then, I think that it's just going to be a very, very frustrating season. And I really hope that that's not the case, especially for players like Manoa and, and that we've seen have such good seasons last year. Like You want them to play a lot better, but it's been a, a brutal last couple of weeks, I think, for, for Blue Jays fans. So it sounds like you're genuinely concerned where... Oh, this 100%. season is headed. Well, you're, I mean, they, I'll try and pull up the standings really quickly. They're not in a playoff they're, spot right now. They're one game back of a playoff spot right now, or technically half a game back. Yankees are about to win against the Seattle Mariners. 
that's the reason why I'm not thinking I'm I'm not worried about where this season is headed. Like if we're doing like the I don't know, four tenths of the way through the season checkup, like I'm not I'm certainly frustrated and it's been a disappointing season so far. And I don't think anyone would disagree with you when you say that. Even the most optimistic fans, I think, would agree that this has been a disappointing season so far. But I think when you look at the standings and you recognize the fact that they're at right now a half game out of a playoff spot, assuming the Yankees win, the Astros and Angels are also tied with the Yankees right now. But that's kind of like the situation the Blue Jays are in. There's a lot of teams in the mix, but they are still within striking distance and they are still... They, they have a very long runway to go before the end of the season. I mean, we're still in June, right? Like, it, I know people get mad when you say it's early, but, like, it is early. Like, these games matter just as much as games in September do, but at the same time, like, you have a lot of runway to pick up this this depth. And, you know, I think, like, the Blue Jays are not going to win the ALEs. Like, I think that ship has sailed, and I think you might be even be able at this point to sell off and say they're not going to take the first wild card spot. But to say anything else, I think, is an overreaction at this point. I still think they have a solid team somewhere in there. I think they will figure it out for a run or two, and that's going to be what the difference is this year. So I think it's too early to be hitting that proverbial panic button or worrying all too much about the final outcome of the season. Like I think it's fair if it crosses your mind, but at least for me personally, I'm not really worried that they're going to miss the playoffs. Like I'm still fully confident this is a playoff team. What happens in the playoffs and where they end up in the playoffs, that's an entirely different conversation. And, you know, if we're looking at this team right now and trying to project out where they're going to go in the playoffs, the answer is not far. Um, But, of course, things change. And the team's going to play different. You know, maybe Vladdy figures it out. Maybe Chappie gets hot. Like, there are tons of variables. Maybe Manoa comes back and is back who he was last season. And, you know, maybe Chris Bassett, you know, after a couple rough starts, gets back to what he was earlier this year. And Maybe Yusei Kikuchi is... It seems like he's settling into a very reliable rhythm of five innings, two run runs every time, and that's exactly what you want from your last starter of the bullpen. And maybe the Blue Jays make some trades and add some power and add some guys at the back end of the bullpen. Like there are so many variables at this point in the season, and so many improvements that you know are coming. Like like it or not, the Blue Jays are going to be making trades at the trade deadline to improve this team. The offense is better than it is right now. So like. That's the optimistic side of things. As much as we can rag on the team and as much as Bryson and I have done that for the last six episodes without you, Jacob, like the prognosis ultimately I don't think is terrible. Like this team still has life. So like I I don't know. Maybe I'm just in a charitable mood because the Jays won a series and they haven't done that in a while, but I, I'm feeling a bit optimistic today just in the fact that this season is not over. Like it's it's been a dr- dramatic disappointment so far, but like that's kind of where I, I am if we're doing the – the little partway through the season checkup. That's where I stand on the Jays right now. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I don't want to make it seem as if I'm hitting the panic button, although it might seem like that. Uh, what I'm more concerned about is the fact that this team should be a lot better. And like, they were good. Uh, I mean, they had that little rough stretch at the beginning of the season, but they've had moments where they're, where they're extremely good. But then you have other moments where you're like, how are your star players not, carrying you and I know you can't necessarily fully be carried in baseball because you you need like you can have the best offense in the world but if you have if you have the worst pitching staff then it doesn't matter your offense can only carry you so much or, or bring you so far but your best players do need to be your best players and I mean Kevin Gosman obviously has been close to Cy Young if not Cy Young caliber all season long but other than that like the rotation has I mean it's been stable the Blue Jays have only had six players 
make starts for them, if I'm not mistaken. They're five, and then Trevor Richards. Uh, so it, it, it's it been consistent-ish, but there have been moments where, like, damn, this is not how that team's supposed to perform. Or same thing with the bullpen. Or, I mean, Bo has been fantastic offensively, but then you see, you know, Varsho, Guerrero, Chapman, they just, they just go on huge cold streaks, and it's like, you can't win like that. And I think that's just what I'm concerned about, is I guess maybe two seasons after the 2021 season, you're like, wow, this core is really good. And I know this is a very different team than 2021, but like the expectations so far haven't necessarily matched um, what I think a lot of people expected they would be. You know, and I'm, I mean, winning the AL East is very tough, especially when the Rays have been as, has, uh, as hot as they've been all season. But t- personally speaking, and I mean, you can probably agree with me on this a little bit, but I think that not being in a playoff spot even if they end up in a playoff spot at the end of the season, I think the way that they are right now is just, it, it, it. to me, it's a joke. Like, they should be a lot better. They've just been underperforming, I think, throughout this entire first half of the season. And that's where it's so frustrating because, yeah, they're about to be only one game out and you can easily win. Uh, they do have an off day, but you can sweep Oakland or something like that. Like, you can take two or three or whatever from the athletics uh, or something like that. But if you are throwing away games, you I'm not saying that they're intentionally doing that, but if you're having situations where you're winning or you're losing games where you should have won, or you're, I mean, you look at that last game against the Rangers, games where you need to win and you lose, or games that you should win against bad teams that you don't win, that's going to add to your record. And yeah, you might be a better team than your record shows, but at the end of the day, record's what determines playoff spots. And that's what I'm just really, really concerned about is, is this team... Uh, like, I'm not saying it's too little too late now, but are we going to get to a point where down in September, they miss the playoffs by a game or two games? And you're like, well, geez, that really bad stretch in the, you know, May and June era of the, of the season, is that what, what killed them? You know, that's just what I'm, uh, I'm just worried about the big picture and how this, this little sample of the season, which isn't even that little, like, you know, five, six weeks, that's not that small of a season or a small of a portion of the season, but I'm just worried about how the end result will look if something like this keeps up and how something like this, this little stretch of games will, will impact that. You want to talk about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, this is a topic that Bryce and I, Bryson and I have beaten to a pulp over the last couple of weeks. And this series was kind of more of the same par for the course from him. He gets one hit over the three games, 12 at bat to no walk. So on base only once, and that's a double in the middle game of this three-game set. Um, everyone knows where Bryson and I stand on this. Jacob, where are you at with what we've seen from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. this season? And, uh, I mean, especially as of late, the performance. <sighs> I hate having to talk about this because he, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., is supposed to be one of your best players. And I know that just because you're a highly ranked prospect doesn't automatically translate to uh, major league stardom, but... Come on, like this is in my like I I don't want to beat a dead horse, but this is unacceptable to be one for twelve in a series. Like I know Miami's good. I'm not gonna say that they're bad. They did face some good pitching, especially in those last two games. Although Alcantara kind of got roughed up in the second inning, they did face good pitching. But your best hitters need to be your best hitters. And I I can't remember when this was. It was one of the last episodes before I took that absence where I said something like, uh, "What did I say?" It was it was. Something along the lines of, you know, Guerrero, he'll have a really good season and then he'll just have another bad season or not a season that's that you would expect of him. Like 2021, second in MVP, 
If Otani is anywhere other than the American League, that guy wins MVP. No doubt about it. 2022, not a bad season, but a bit of a drop-off. And then this season, again, a bit of a drop-off. And I don't really want to count 2020 or, or um, 2019 because those are not really fair judgments of his uh, of his overall capabilities. But you look at what he's expected to do, sometimes he reaches those expectations and goes way beyond and exceeds them. But then he'll have other seasons where he's just not like that. And I mean, we talk about it, no home runs since, well, I mean, he did, uh, or he actually, he did have one. I'll correct myself from earlier. He had one June 4th against the Mets. I don't know how I forgot about that when we were mentioning that. So he's had one. Other than that, it was May 23rd against a position player in Tampa Bay and then May the 4th in Boston. So yeah, I mean, we still know he has zero home runs at home. I don't really want to overlook that. Like, you can just say that he's trying too hard, but even still, like, zero zero home runs since pretty much this entire month. I know the month's not over yet, but almost the entire month he's got one home run. And over the last two months, three home runs, and one of them came off a position player. Like, that's not what your best players are supposed to do. Even Matt Chapman, he had such a cold streak, but he's still hitting home runs from time to time. Bo Bichette's still getting on base. Dalton Varsho, yeah, he'll struggle, but he'll still get you your home runs and come up with timely hits. Yes, Guerrero has a, a great glove, and I'm not concerned of, about him uh, in the field by any means, but it's just it's frustrating. And I mean, we talk about every offseason, oh, when are they going to sign Guerrero, Bichette, uh, believe it or not, we talked about doing this with Manoa, signing him to a, an extensive contract, you know, seven, eight years, you know, like kind of like what, what the league has been doing with their young stars. Like, when is this going to happen? I'm a little concerned. Like, I could see Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins not coming to an agreement with Guerrero because they can see that, yeah, you are going to want that big contract where you're getting paid 35-plus mil a season, but I don't think he's worth that right now. But is that a is that a concern or is that a relief that he no, like I, he's he's going to come cheaper now if you want to sign him? Yeah, but I mean, think of it. Yeah, he's cheaper, but he's cheaper because he's not as good. Yeah, like I if mean, if you want him sword. to be if you if you want him to be one of your cornerstones of your franchise, he needs to be a lot better. And like, yeah, it'll, it'll, you kind of get a little lucky not having to pay him as much, but. I would rather pay him more if it means that he's a better player, therefore earning that higher paycheck. Uh, but it's just to me, I don't, I don't know. I part of me just wants to say, oh, he's trying too hard or whatever. But the other half of me is thinking, maybe he truly is not the three thirty, forty home run hitter that we've expected him to be. Maybe he just is not that guy, and it's sad because he's, you know, he can be. And I think he wants to be, he knows he can be, but we just haven't seen that other than, I guess, 2020 uh, or 2021, excuse me. And even last season, he wasn't terrible. Like hitting 30 plus home runs is good or it's great. Um, I don't, I don't want to you know, overshadow that, but this season, it's just, it, we talk about how the overall team is underperformed and it's because of players that you need to perform better, not meeting those expectations. And we'll just hope that he has a better uh, second half. I mean, I said this to you off air. I think I'll say it on air. I don't think he deserves to be starting first base in the all-star game. You cannot like, you cannot have this mediocre of a season and still be an all-star starter. I hope I'm wrong. And I mean, if he, you know, I, I hope that he is able to play to a level that does earn that, but 
as of right now, like if this team were to go on an extended run, he would need to turn things around because he you can't have one of your best players and one of the players you rely on be this mediocre. Yeah, I don't think anyone's debating that Vladdy doesn't deserve to go to the All-Star game right now. Like back when Bryson and I talked about who on the Blue Jays deserved to go, like we made a list and at that point Matt Chapman was on it because of his hot start, but Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was nowhere near it just because of the way he's played lately. I mean, you look at the rankings among first basemen in baseball, or I guess we can limit it just to the American League because, of course, that's the only thing that matters when it comes to all-star voting. But Vladdy is so far from the top that it's not even funny. If we sort by war, by Fangraph's war, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is sitting ninth in the American League in first baseman, which, again, like this is not like a terrible stat, but, again, there's only 16 players that qualify at first base when we're having this conversation. So he's kind of middle of the pack. And like you say, compared to where expectations were on him a year ago or two years ago or three years ago or whatever point in time you want to pick, expectations now, even, he's underperforming them by a lot. And I mean, if you don't buy into F4, like we can go WRC plus if that's a stat you prefer offensively. He lands eighth in the American League in WRC plus. If you want to go good old average bat good old batting average, he's actually up to fourth at two seventy nine. But I mean there's still like Yandy Diaz basically blows out blows out everyone else in the American League in terms of offensive stats. So I think he deserves to go to the all-star game from the American League. He deserves to be the starting first baseman. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. might be leading it because he's a fan favorite and he's that big personality and he's one of the faces of not just the Blue Jays, but baseball. I think it's fair to say, but he doesn't really deserve to go right now. His offensive numbers don't merit and certainly his defensive play, as much as it's kind of improved from, I guess, two years ago, it seems like it's down from last year when he won a gold glove. And so, yeah, I mean, we're again, beating a dead horse here, but it's been a very, very disappointing season. And as things stand now, he does not deserve to go to the all-star game. I think we're too close to the all-star game for him to go to and run, go on a run and change that. I think it's just, it's just a matter of fact that Yandy Diaz from the Tampa Bay Rays deserves to start at first base in the American league. And honestly, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. doesn't even deserve to go at all, whether it's starting or as a reserve. And that's just where things stand right now. And I don't think that's going to change over the next couple weeks. Um, uh, I, you also haven't had a chance to talk about Manoa, right? And you mentioned him earlier in this episode as a disappointment. I, I mean, I, I guess the question at this point is looking ahead and we haven't had this conversation for a couple of weeks. So it's probably worthwhile. It's like, when do you think he returns? When do you think he comes back to the Blue Jays? I think both Bryson and I were kind of late July, mid to early August, I said between the all-star break and the trade deadline would be kind of the window when I think he returns. I think Bryson was a little bit later. Now that we've had a couple weeks kind of analyze the situation and we've seen him get some not yet game action, but some, I guess, kind of like rehab, fixing, tweaking action. Um, I think he's had a, a five inning kind of simulated game that he's done with I, what I assume is new mechanics or something's fixed. Uh, now that we've got a little bit of a, an idea of what's going on down there in the Florida Complex League, uh, what do you think is his kind of timeline? When is he going to return to the Jays in your mind? Well, so outside of the Rogers Center a couple of weeks ago, I went to a game um, and there was like a little bit of an interview going on and somebody asked me the same question. 
the the interviewer was shocked when I said that I think there's no doubt that he's back before the All Star break. And he like here's the thing. I like I guess maybe this was totally my fault when he was originally sent down to um to the minors, but I never thought that he'd be down there for long anyways. Like he's not injured to we know. And I'm not saying that's why he went down, but um he was going down to fix his mechanics and I feel like all signs have kind of indicated uh, in the in favor of what I've said I mean I didn't say it on air because this happened uh when I wasn't on an episode that I wasn't there but um I never expected him to be gone long like I really do think that he is back uh it is June I don't even know what that is June 21st right now um I I've seen some people say and I was talking about Blair and Barker earlier in the, in the episode I heard them predict or at least consider july 1st the canada day game that he comes back or at least he's there around that period of time maybe that week or that series i don't know if necessarily that's when he comes back i mean the all-star break does begin july 10th so you know you think about it that is a monday so i mean we've got you know a little bit of you know I mean, two three weeks or four weeks whatever it is up to, um since then do i think he spends another month in the minors or another three weeks in the minors no i really don't i think that he is back for i mean the canada day game is uh is a saturday so i i will be very shocked if sometime between that red Sox series white Sox, or uh or tiger series so that um july 2nd to 9th i'm i'm shocked if he's not up by that point i really am Uh, unless there is a reason to keep him down there but if it's just oh continue working continue doing minor league um games just to like get your confidence back I mean, I'd understand that, but I really think that if the mechanics are there and he does feel as if he's ready to take on major league hitters again, you bring him back up. And I don't want to bring him too early and get to the situation where he's just getting roughed up again and you're like, oh, you sent him, you brought him back up way too early and then he's just struggling. But I really do think that he comes back a lot earlier than people expected. And we knew that he was going to miss minimum two starts, looking like it's going to be three, four at this point, uh, but by the time he well minimum three to four by the time he gets up but i really do think that first week of july at the absolute latest is when he comes up if if for some reason he's not up that week then i mean they are home after the all-star break against the uh the diamondbacks and the padres i really think that sometime between the beginning of july when they play the red Sox to the Padres series i think there's no way that he doesn't come up between that period of time See, I want to believe you, and I want to be on your side on this one, but the problem for me is it's now June 21st, and he hasn't pitched in a game since June 5th. And may I remind you, the result of that game was a single out recorded, seven hits, six earned runs, one walk. It's been almost 20 days since he last appeared in any game, major league or otherwise, so, I, I mean, you're talking about a really, really long layoff. And then once he gets into action, assume I assume the Blue Jays are keeping him at that kind of low single-A, low-A level for at least a couple starts. And then you're talking about slowly working his way up, presumably high-A Dunedin. And then you send him probably to Buffalo for maybe two turns through rotation. Then you're back in the majors. 
to me, at this point, you're still talking about a month out to go through that process. And that's if everything goes according to plan. That's if the Blue Jays are liking what they're seeing from him and he's comfortable with what he's doing. And so standing here now on June 21st and looking ahead at the schedule, like if we're talking about that many trips to the rotation and that much tweaking and that much getting comfortable at each different level, we're looking at a month or more timeline. And so that's why I'm kind of still comfortable with saying that he's going to return to the majors after the all-star break. And frankly, I think now as we reassess, it might be after the trade deadline as well, just because of how slow it seemed to be his progress at that low a Florida complex league, Florida developmental league, whatever the hell it's called at that level. Now, like it's, it seems like the blue Jays are taking it very slow as they should. And so I don't expect him back anytime soon. Well, I mean, and this is where we probably differ, but I think that when, when he went down, what took so long to initially get to those sim games was figuring out what is the actual issue. Cause when he's on his game, He's on his game, and I don't think that, well, there's two things. I don't think that he's going to go through every league or every level of the minor leagues. Like, I think, yeah, he'll probably have some some single-A um, experience, but I don't really see going to double-A as a valuable asset for him. I think you go to triple-A, you do a, a turn or two of the rotation there, but I think that as of right now, the biggest thing was figuring out what the issue was. What mechanically was he doing but to not allow But I don't believe his... like, that the Blue Jays didn't, know what it is and all of a sudden they figure it out when he goes to the player development complex in Florida like I I like he pitched in 10 major league games like wouldn't they have had enough data from those I'm looking at it right now 58 innings to realize like like what are they going to learn by sticking him in a lab that they didn't know from 58 innings in the majors like I feel like they knew what the issue was it's just a matter of making the adjustment that's I think what the mystery is but I think well, I think that's what took so long is truly reassessing everything, and I mean, it's also I think kind of tough because you got your bullpens and your side sessions, and you still are very much in the middle of a major league season. Whereas now, he is there in Florida, right? Yeah, I, th- I think that's the advantage him. of sending him down. But we are talking presumably about like major overhauls here, which is why I don't see him making it back before the All Star break. Anyways, well, I just think that once they figure it out and it seems as if they've to some extent figured it out he's doing those sim games once he starts facing live hitters if he can prove that he's back or at least not one out and seven earned runs or whatever it was like if he can prove that he is to some extent back to what he was which is still a a ace level pitcher i don't see the need to keep him down there like if he if he goes to buffalo those you know two good games in a row or at least one good game in a row or one good game not in a row but you know what i mean uh, I don't see the need of just saying, okay, well, one more start. We'll see what one more start does to you. Like, I really think that if he, I think the best way to put it, I think he'll get the benefit of the doubt, which I mean, I'm not saying he's earned that as of uh, his performance this season, but 2020, uh, 2021 and 2022, he performed extremely well. This season's been abysmal. Like let's not sugarcoat it, but if he can go down there make those adjustments and in the minors, sim games, you know, whatever it is, show that he is, not the Alec Manoa that we've seen this season. I don't see the need to keep him down there any longer. Like if you want to get him back, get his confidence back, you fix his mechanics. You, you really work with him and then you bring him back to the majors. And maybe that's just me wanting him back. Cause my fantasy team is just destroyed with pitchers uh, and injuries and everything. But I really do think that he is one of the key contributors on this team. And this team is still look good. Like I mentioned earlier, You've only had five players start, or excuse me, six players 
make starts for this this team all season long, including all of the struggles Manoa's had. But I think that if they're able to figure out what the what the true issue is, after you figured that out, you bring him back to the majors as qu- quickly as you can, as long as he's proven that he's able to uh, to perform at a high level. Well, we'll leave that debate there. The only way to settle it is to hurry up and wait and see what the Blue Jays do and see how long Alec Manoa is in the minors for. Um, let's get some house scheming out of the way before series predictions. Um, Bo Bichette pulled from the lineup today with a left thumb discomfort issue um hopefully it's not a long-term thing he just had his 100th hit of the season I think at the first game of this series which I mean it was great timing with that 11 to 0 loss but congratulations to him for that and hopefully this is not a long-term thing where he can stick around the Blue Jays and uh, obviously worst case scenario hopefully he does not hit the injured list speaking of the injured list Brandon Belt is back um our uh, favorite local MVP candidate Um, And he's campaigning hard to be MVP, and I fully support his efforts as much as we recognize that the All-Star voting is kind of messed up, especially with uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But he deserves to be the starting designated hitter at the All-Star Game over Shohei Tani, and he deserves to be MVP. Um, And anyone who says otherwise doesn't know what they're they're talking about. Um, So he's back with the team, the Blue Jays designate, um, or sorry, option Spencer Horowitz to AAA Buffalo. Um, He actually kind of... I don't know. I was pleasantly surprised with what he did in the majors. Like he had eight at bats total, but the Blue Jays obviously kind of trusted what he was doing. He was hitting fairly high in the order when he was up here, and he had two hits. He scored a run, had an RBI in his very limited playing time. So I was kind of impressed with what he was able to do. Um, yeah. Outside of that, I think it's series prediction time. Just to update the standings a little bit, Jacob. I know you haven't been here for a while, and we didn't update them last episode, or the episode before, I think. So it's been a while since we've given everyone an update of where we sit. Um, Miami, both you and I said the Blue Jays would go 1-2. and two. They would win one game, lose two games. We were wrong. Bryson was right. He went 2-1 and one on the series. So Bryson gets three points from the series. Each of us get one point. So, where things stand now, Bryson leads the way with 45 points on the season. I am in second at 42, and Jacob, I mean, do you just want to guess where you're at right now? Is it above 30? No. It's no. Are you serious? It is below 30. Is it above 25? Yes. Oh my god, that's, what is it, 28? 27. I mean, you're right there. Oh, that's terrible. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, Bryson's almost lapped you. He almost has double the points. Well, here's the problem, though. Is like the Blue Jays. Here comes the excuse. It's no, but like you got to understand, this has been a bad team that we expect to be good. You got to understand that when you predict a series and you say the Blue Jays are going to win the Alec Manoa game and lose the Kevin Gosman game, that's never going to be a recipe for success. Like, okay, but like <laughs> this is a Manoa's legitimate prediction that you made. <laughs> like, some of your predictions no just comment. made no sense. So, like, it, no, makes, some, okay, it yeah. makes sense that you are 18 points behind the lead right now. You know what? It doesn't matter. I'll, I will be. I'll. I'll, I'll be. Uh, I'll be better by the end of the season. <laughs> you better be. Or but else and, you're looking yeah, at a second straight biggest loon title. But no, shush. But anyways, but like it's <laughs> tough because like you look at it. I just I can't remember off the top of my head. But like they'll. They'll win games that they have no business winning, and then lose games that they shouldn't. Okay, but that lose. like that doesn't mean you predict that happening. Like law of averages, you're still going to predict the game they're more likely to win. 
Well, with Manoa not here, I can't make those dumb uh, bets yeah. anymore. Well, well, okay, go ahead. What are you saying for this series? Uh, okay, well, here's just where it to, gets tough. I, yeah, I can preview the pitching matchups for everyone. It's uh, Chris Bassett versus James Caprillion for Game 1. Caprillion has a 6.38 area of the season. Game 2, Saturday, it's going to be Brios versus Hogan Harris, who has a 4.45 ERA. And then the series finale on Sunday is going to be Yusei Kikuchi versus Louis Medina, who has a 7.01 ERA on the season. Shall I remind everyone where the Oakland A's are at? They are 22 games back in the AL West. They are 19-56 and 56 on the season. They have lost six games in a row, and they have a negative 204 run differential. That being said... Uh, it's about to be a seven-game losing streak. I mean, they're they're losing. I think it's seven-six to the Guardians right now. Um, here's where it's interesting, though. Oh, yeah, no. they've had a. They're about to lose their seventh straight, but they also just before that won seven straight. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you want to say that I'm just picking at sh- or grasping at straws there, trying to get anything to predict that the Blue Jays are going to lose. But I think a. If you don't sweep this team, then you really need to reconsider if you're going to win with this core. But I don't think they sweep. That, but here's where it gets tough: is I don't know which game specifically they're going to lose. Because like, if you lose the Bassett game, like you lose to a guy with an ERA close to seven, you're just terrible. Like, I'm sorry, you're just terrible. And then the same thing: like Brios um, had a little bit of a rough outing last time. Again, he's been good though. Kikuchi coming off of a, or no, that'll be an opener if, if I'm not mistaken. It, uh, they rejigged last... the rotation, so they're they're skipping the uh, bullpen day mm-hmm. um, because hmm. of the off day that they have. Okay. I don't know. Part of me thinks that they're going to win two the first two games and then lose that third one. Like I, I there's okay. no way you don't get close that. to yeah. There's no way you don't get close to sweeping. But baseball is a funny sport, and the Blue Jays are a, a roller coaster of a team. So I really think that they uh, they go two and one, which still is disappointing to say the least, like not, not to crap on the athletics any more than they've already been crapped on by just the owners and the league in general, but you can't lose a game to this team. Like it sounds mean, but they are a bottom feeder team. You need to win all three of these games, but I think they win two, lose one, unfortunately. And let's just pray that this, uh, this helps my standings case. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean like, Look, it's baseball. You're going to lose some games that you shouldn't be losing. And so, like, if the Jays go 2-1 and one in this series, whatever. I'll be I'll be frustrated. Especially, I, I think the key question is, like, how they lose. Like, that's obviously a big variable in all this. So, I'm preparing to be frustrated if they go 2-1, and one, but it's not the end of the world. If they go 1-2 and two and they lose two games in this three-game set, then I think we're, we're coming here with a completely different attitude. Because, again, this is the Oakland A's we're talking about. This is a team with a plus... A, a, a run differential of more than negative 200. I mean, it's just ridiculous numbers on the season. And yeah, I mean, you can say they went on a seven-game winning streak all you want, but those seven games were more than a third of the wins that they have this season. Like, they're the depths of their performance this year, not to pile on to the Oakland days because their fans have been through enough and the situation out there with their owner is absolutely abhorrent. Uh, and we hate to see owners screwing over fans like that. Um, but I mean, like, if the Jays go one and two, then we're talking. Um, but that being said, I'm going to go with the sweep. Well, God forbid they get swept. Like, not a chance that happens. Don't even put but... that into the universe. 
it's not happening. Um, <laughs> Why, you think, yeah, you think I, I, the jinx is real? Jinxes don't exist. <laughs> They're impossible. <laughs> Anyways, um, I say they sweep, and Bryson got his prediction, and he also says they sweep. So worst comes to worst, standings-wise, I'm not losing ground to Bryson. Um, Jacob, you have the chance to lose ground to us, too, or you have the chance to gain ground on us, too. So we'll see what ends up happening. Um, on that note, we will end this episode there. A little bit of a more optimistic episode today. Jacob, it's good to have you back. As always, you can check out and support everything with our podcast at the links below this episode. We got Discord that you can join. We got a Bias Coffee page. We have Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. You can find everything below this episode. And as always, you can give us a rating and review which always helps support what we're doing here. And we will catch you after a weekend set against the Oakland Athletics.